Oh, good morning. How are you? Did you have a good weekend? Did you eat a lot of turkey the other day? Yes, so did I. Turkey's really good, isn't it? Do you have some stuffing with it? Maybe, maybe not. With ketchup, okay. We're going to stop there then because that's really... So, you know, today, today we, we've been reflecting these last years. Today, I, we're bringing something to an end, and that's preparing ourselves and being prepared. And so today's readings did talk a little bit about being prepared for something. What, what do we need to be prepared for? What are some of the things that we need to, to be ready for when it happens? Any idea? Well, you have to be prepared for getting older, right? Hmm. But we also, while we get older, we are getting ourselves ready to meet Jesus, aren't we? Because Jesus is pretty important. Do you know that Jesus is a king? Yeah. You know how you know for sure? You want proof? Up on the cross there, you see those letters above Jesus' head? What are those letters? I-N-R-I. Do you know that that means Jesus Christ, King of the Jews? It was in the Latin. Originally, it was in Latin and Greek and other languages. But I-N-R-I is Jesus Nazarenus Regnum Idomea. Did you know that? Probably not. I don't even think most of the adults there would have known that. He was the king of the Jews. But look what happened to him. He, he was slaughtered. He was killed, right? He was crucified. So don't you think it's unusual that we have a crucified king? Isn't it unusual to have a crucified like Kings usually don't get crucified, do they? No. King, we wouldn't crucify a king if we had a king, would we? No. You know what we, there's a word I like to use to describe that. Do you know what an oxymoron is? You haven't learned that in school yet? Probably half the adults here don't even know what an oxymoron is. So it's when you put two things side by side that don't belong together, like a jumbo shrimp. How, how something that's a shrimp could be jumbo, right? Or the, the state Connecticut, connect and cut. Did you know that's the only oxymoron state in the entire union? That's just a little trivia for you someday. Anyhow, crucified king. Jesus died to become a king. Yes! Excellent. He died, but he came back to life. That's when he became the king. When he went back to the father, he was raised from the dead. But we need to get ready to meet Jesus someday. And so Jesus just gave us his last instructions, if you will. And what were some of the instructions Jesus just gave us to be prepared? He talks about sheep and goat, like we heard from that first reading, separating sheep and goat. And the sheep will be the ones that he's going to take care of, but the goats he's going to dispose of. What do we need to be doing? So he talked about respect. Be kind. He gave specific kinds of being kind, didn't he? He gave specific instructions. He said, like, you know, when you gave some food to the hungry, when you gave some drink to the thirsty, when you visited those who were ill or in prison, he gave specific instructions, didn't he? And he reminded us. So does that mean that the only way that we're ever going to get into heaven one day is if we go out in the streets, find the poor people, and take care of them, that's it? It's not just helping the poor people. There's a tradition in our church, you probably haven't learned it yet, but 
you know, you will someday. It's called the works of mercy, and the works of mercy are based on this, these particular things. But think about it for a second. I want to tell you a little story. You want to hear a story? When I was younger, I was probably in my early teens, um, there was this one man on our block, and he just was a grumpy old man. Kind of like I am today, about my age. You know, he was in his 60s, and he was, well, a little grumpy. He, you know, he was just a grumpy old man. And we kids on the block, like, we would always be afraid. Like, you know, maybe we'd be playing in the street and the ball would go in his yard. And it's like, oh, you go get it. I'm not going to, you go get it. I'm not going to, because he's going to come out and he's going to be like, what are you doing in my yard, you kids? Get out of my yard. And he was just always kind of grumpy to us. And he always was like, kind of, you know, like we were always a little, like, afraid of him because, you know, he was just a grumpy old man. And then there was this one day I was like a little bit older and I was probably about 15 years old and I'm walking down the street and I saw him outside and he looked pretty old that day and he was trying to rake his leaves, but he was old and like, like, now this was before leaf blowers. You know, but you, the rest of you remember we used to have to actually use a rake to get the, the, the leaves out of our yard. There he was. And I just stopped and I stared at him. I don't know why. And I felt like, you know, I'm looking at him and all of a sudden he looks back at me and he goes, hey, you. I said, must be me. I said, yes, sir. He goes, why are you looking? I said, I don't know. I just noticed that you were raking the leaves. And, and actually, to be honest with you, sir, I thought it's going to take forever at the speed you're going. He goes, do you want to help me? I said, okay. He goes, I'll give you a dollar an hour if you help me. Now, a dollar an hour back then, I mean, I'm that old. That was a lot of money. You know, that would be like getting $20 an hour today. I was like, yes, I'll help you. So I went over and I started raking and doing all this stuff. And the whole time that I was raking that day, he was telling me some stories about his life. I said, okay. Two days later, I go back again and, and I see some more leaves have fallen. So I said, do you need more help? Now me, I was like thinking cash. Do you need more help? This is the guy that we used to be afraid of. And he goes, sure, if you want to help. So I started helping. And, you know, like he's just kind of hanging out while I'm doing some of this stuff. And he told me about like his service in the war. And he told me about how his family has all moved away and how he lost it. He told me all of these stories. And this went on for like that entire fall. And then he passed away. And he, you know, went, went to meet Jesus. Now, it took me years to figure out something. There are different ways that we can serve Jesus, aren't there? One of the things that I didn't notice is that this man didn't need to have his leaves raked. He really didn't. He was a prisoner of loneliness. It took me years to figure that out. There are some people in this world that are just lonely and they just need somebody to visit them, right? He was like a prisoner of loneliness, and it probably didn't help that he was a grumpy old man because we kids would like avoid him all the time. But wouldn't it be important for us to visit somebody who's lonely? Hmm. There's probably people in your own family that could use a visit, couldn't they? We don't have to go to the, I mean, if you someday want to go into prison ministry and visit prisoners, or if you want to work in a shelter and help people get food and clothing, there's plenty of opportunities to do that. But we don't have to go searching out there to find Jesus in someone else. And so I think it's important that, you know, like the next time you're in a hurry to go someplace, you ever in a rush to go someplace, you're like rushing, rushing, rushing to get there. And, and you pass by a whole bunch of people and you don't even notice that they're there because you're in such a rush. Maybe slow down a little bit and look at the other people who are there. Maybe even with your own family. Sometimes like we're not even paying attention to people who are in the same room with us because we're in such a rush. We're so focused. We want to go do something. And 
And Jesus is reminding us. Do, do you remember a couple of weeks ago, Jesus was talking about being prepared? Remember when he talked about having enough light in you that you shine before others? So have your oil, oil ready. And last, year, last week, make sure you're doing the good things to help others. So take the good things that he's given you and help others with it. Maybe we could start doing that right in our own homes. What could you do around the house to show your light, to show that you love Jesus? What, what are some of the things you could do around the house? Excellent. Make a routine of prayer, because let's face it, this is all about one important thing. Do you know what one thing that everything that Jesus just mentioned, do you know what that one thing was? He wants us to have relationships but he wants us to have a relationship with him. And sometimes that relationship is with him and others. So have a good routine of getting in touch with Jesus, but then getting in touch with others and maybe go around and, and help around the house or, or offer even to help or, or just do things without even being asked, right? Because you're doing it for Jesus, right? They, they call that the golden rule. She said, I should have said this before, but treat others the way you want to be treated. They call that the golden rule. That's Jesus gave us that rule, actually. He said, do unto others as you would have them do to you. If you ever lost something or you were a little hungry and somebody had extra food, you'd want them to give it to you, right? Yeah. And if you ever have extra food and someone else is hungry, shouldn't you give it to them? Yeah. That's the golden rule. So here's what I'm going to ask you all to do. Do me a favor. This week especially, think about the different ways that you can find Jesus in others. Start looking a little more carefully at some of the people around you, like maybe a neighbor, maybe someone in the family, maybe just reaching out to someone whom you haven't spoken to in a long time, maybe a friend that you haven't seen for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, and just say hello and start working on making strong relationships with others. Can we do that? Can we work on that? I knew you could. I knew you could. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Why don't you go back, find your mom's dad, whoever you came with, give them a big hug and a kiss and remind them just how much you love them and how much you care about them. You know, moms and dads, one of the things that we often forget, I read a very good thing the other day. We have this tendency to see God as present everywhere. We think that God is, you know, omnipresent, omniscient. He's omnipotent. And that taints us. That taints us into thinking that God is this angry judge, that he's always watching and he sees every last little thing. But that's not the God of Jesus Christ. That's not the God of the Gospels. Think about this for a second. We don't have a divine lawgiver, even though he has given us some rules to live by. He's not concerned about the laws. Do you know what his first concern is? God's very first concern is having a relationship with you. That's it. God's very first concern is to have a relationship. Now think about the human relationships you have. If you don't invest yourself in that relationship, it's not much of a relationship. And that's why Jesus is saying, you don't have to think about finding Jesus in a hungry person or a naked person. You don't have to think about Jesus if someone is ill or in prison. You just have to be someone who relates to the other, as other. And if you can love one another, as we heard a few weeks ago, when the shepherd does come and starts separating, it'll automatically be there. Think about most of the relationships in your life. You don't think them through. You don't plan them out. 
You don't try to map out every last little thing. What do you do? You just live the relationship. And the same is true with Jesus Christ. Just do what comes naturally. Say your prayers, ask God for guidance, but then let what you receive from Christ, the love that you receive, the mercy that you receive, the gift that you receive, let that be what you share with someone else. There are people who are starving out there, not for food. They're starving for the word of God. There are people out there who are imprisoned, not in a jail, but in their fear and their solitude. There are people out there who are, in a sense, exposed and naked, not because of anything of missing their clothes, but because of their personality was exposed in some way and they're embarrassed. These are the ones that Jesus Christ is saying, if you have a human heart, if you have a divine heart, you'll care about them and you'll want to help them. So just let what comes natural happen naturally. Love one another, care for one another. Let the mercy that you receive be the mercy that you show to everyone at any time in any place. I want to be ready when the second coming happens and I want you to be ready as well. And that's the secret right there. Jesus is making it as easy as possible. Never look at a human being in front of you as a problem to solve but as a person to love. For if Jesus looked at me as a problem to solve, he'd be always frustrated. But since he looks at me as a person to love, he is able to help me to grow myself so that I can love him and you. God bless you.